All righty. Welcome to our social work experience podcast. We're going on to start episode number four. Thank you ever for everyone that's um, come through and continued with our journey that's come through and listened up to episode four. Um, we appreciate you all sticking on. And uh, we're going to start off with our intros like we always do. My name is Francisco Garcia, also known as Pancho. Um, feel free to call me Pancho. My pronouns are he, him, él. Uh, I am a second year graduate student in the MSW program, also a PPSC candidate, um, which stands for People Personal Services Credential. Um, and yeah, I'm a month away. We're, we're a month away from graduating. And I'm going to pass it on to my co-host. My name will be Eric Garcia, pronouns he, him, his, and also the same as Poncho will be a final year MSW program in the PPSC program. And I'm really surprised. That was really great by saying what it actually yeah i have to always break it down yeah because yeah. you know who knows nobody we got to break down the acronyms there's way too many <laughs> so, so many out there uh, <laughs> that's what we got going on for today and then also we got two amazing guests on the episode and we'll start off with uh dr hayes if you could introduce yourself um good afternoon or good morning or whenever you're listening to this uh, my name is lisa Arieta hayes and um uh my pronouns are she her hers and um i'm actually of the school of social work. Um, I hate to tell years that I graduated because it makes me feel old, but I graduated in 1985. Um, and I, in fact, when I was in school, um, my graduating class was 25 people. So that's when the school was real small. So it's cool to see how much the school has grown. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much. Hi. Appreciate it. And we're going to move on with Professor Wolf. Hi everyone, um, I'm Jennifer Price-Wolf. I'm an associate professor here at the School of Social Work, pronouns she, her, hers. This is um, my, I think, third or fourth year here at the school, um, but I've been teaching here in some way or another since about 2010. Nice, thank you. Thank you both for coming on. I appreciate that, it's great to hear. Uh, about two uh, professors in the social work field able to come onto the podcast as we got going on for uh, what it means. And we'll move on to the next section as well, too. We got a good topic discussion for for you all today. We're going to talk about, since we're getting close to the end of the year, we're getting close to that magical time that everyone's either excited about, maybe nervous about, maybe a lot of emotions happening at the same time. But we're going to talk about transitioning out of school um, with our guests here. So stay tuned. We'll stay on with the podcast and we're going to get right into it. All right, great. Now we're going to the next section of transitioning out of school, which is really exciting for us students. And with that, too, we want to get perspectives from like professors of like how that was for them, of yeah. what year that was, however long ago. We don't need to know. Uh, <laughs> but where did it start off? Like, what was the original plan? Like when they came out of um, if it could be uh, undergraduate or graduate school. Yeah. And what were the original plans for you? And like, how did that happen? I believe Dr. Hayes, if you, if I heard correctly from your intro, like, were you SJSU alumni? And how yeah. did that plan out for, or how did that work out for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am a, an alumni. Um, and when I graduated, the school was very different, was really radical. Um, and so I wasn't going to get licensed. Um, and so I, I, I did want to work with teens, my things through teens. And so um, I started working in nonprofits. Um, I got a job with uh, two um, agencies, one called Allen Rock Counseling Center, and the other Bill Wilson. 
Um, and I did a lot of, I did school-based services. I did outreach for homeless and runaway youth. Um, and then I did crisis counseling with Alam Rock where we carried a beeper and it was one of those real old beepers. <laughs> um, we were on call for like 12 hours and we had to respond. Um, and so, you know, I was 2 a.m. at a home trying to do interventions. Um, and um, from there, I decided, um, you know, I wanted to work in substance abuse. And, um, and I went at that time, there was uh, hospital-based programs and I went and I realized there was a difference between MSWs and LCSWs and other licensed professionals. And so at that time I said, I think I need to get licensed. So I waited five years before I got licensed. Um, and it was bizarre. At that time I was working at El Camino hospital and I was in a staffing um, and, you know, I made this suggestion and the, uh, no, no one really paid attention to my suggestion. And the next day I came to the meeting and I says, oh, I got my license. And like, oh yeah, you got a license. I said the same exact thing I said the day before. And our psychiatrist said, oh my God, Lisa, that's brilliant. And, you know, a couple things went through my head, <laughs> but I'm like, oh yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, one thing that um, I saw the difference and how much weight an LCSW um, holds really became apparent to me um, definitely that day. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's amazing. But it and it and I I hear you on that. What what that makes a difference and what it kind of like creates in the work environment and also in like the experiences that you have, right? It also opens more doors. It opens more opportunities. But even that, I guess, in the field, like. It's it's interesting how uh, like the the credential will bring a level of seriousness into the into the situation and not maybe not also in the workforce but also kind of like in the field when you are talking to clients and you'll be like oh well I'm a, I, I'm a social worker but I also have these things and, oh okay then we can then we can go into deeper mm -hmm. so yeah I, I've definitely noticed that and that's why shooting for all the the, the credentials shooting for all these things it's it's important but um, I, I also heard you say like it, it the taking you five years to get to that um decision and getting for it like that's great like you know taking taking the 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 experience going out in the field seeing where you wanted to go um working two jobs working at two institutions that's 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 dope that's good mm -hmm. that's a hustle no. social work right <laughs> yeah so yeah exactly <laughs> going down to it no definitely that is like definitely the social work thing right there um mm -hmm. just quick follow-up question um what's a beeper not just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Oh, oh, okay. For a second, I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah, you probably would be. <laughs> it's instant texting, maybe yeah, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, Professor Wolf, how 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 was it for you once you graduated, whether that was also like bachelor's? Um, or your graduate studies, like how was your journey and your thinking process after that? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to go back in time, back in the time when there were pay phones. Maybe you <laughs> can ask us about those at another time and we can share info about those with you. A societal phenomenon that no longer exists. Anyways, um, I, as an undergrad, I started out as a history and anthro major. Um, and at a certain point, I just said, 
what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> it felt like it felt, I felt very disconnected from things that were applied, from working with people, from taking sort of actionable steps toward changing things for good from those fields. And so sort of at the end of my undergrad, I started looking around at public health, thinking about social work, but the institution I attended, it was very tough to get into the social work major. So no chance at that point. I left, I worked in research for a while. So I think I think there are a lot of people that I have met through my journeys in social work who start out in social work practice and then realize like, hey, I need to do research on this. It's just not being done. I can't do it. I'm kind of the opposite as I started out in research and then was like, I can't research this without having done some practice. And as well as just, I, I want to have to be a practitioner for a bit. So I went into the field of public health. I went to a master's in public health program and I was studying substance use. And in order to do, um, to write some papers I was writing, my supervisor said, hey, I need you to go to some 12-step meetings. And I went to the 12-step meetings and it was the most honest place I'd ever been in my entire life. And uh, that... <laughs> was like a drug. No, I mean, I felt very attracted to that, to the authenticity and the honesty in the room. And I felt that I wanted to do that. And so that's when I sort of went from looking at public health from like a policy, larger society perspective to feeling like I needed that social work perspective. And I went on to get a master's degree in social work and a PhD in social work after that. So I kind of always pretty much knew I was going to do the PhD when I left the MSW, but if I could do it all over again, I would have taken more practice time because the people who spend more time in the field before they go on to get their doctorate, not only are they more competitive in the job market, but because of the way the job market is structured, you're way more competitive. But they also just are better at asking questions sometimes um, because they know what to ask. And so I can ask good questions, but I have to work in consultation and, and maybe work harder to do that than someone who has so many years of practice. No, that, that's really interesting. I love the different approaches of like, of where are we coming from? Or like our journeys of like, okay, like uh, Dr. Hayes, like took some time off uh, once I got the MSW degree to get a license. And then once that license happened to get that status and then like the credibility, like what you're saying with that story that you share with us. And then Dr. Wolf too, like, all right, like you're honest, you were honest uh, about like, what am I going to do with this history and anthro? And then you're looking for your uh, different approaches with that and going to like public health and how you saw things from a different approach and how like you got double majored with the MSW and you went to research and how like you applied all those uh, different paths with, with what you're saying and like, one thing that's really great, because um, like how we're graduating soon, mm -hmm. and I know uh, like we have a whole class that's going to be graduated with us too. We just wonder like, what are we doing? What's the next step for us? Is this the right move? And like, it kind of feels like sometimes we have to have it figured out mm -hmm. or it should be kind of laid out for us or like we should have some kind of set up. But I just, I'm just really thankful for your guys' stories of like us sharing of like it happened organically and it worked out um that's what i kind of just heard i don't know about yeah no I, I i agree and even even when it wasn't organic or when we were trying to or when you all were trying to find out what the direction was you know um i feel like that's a beautiful thing about the social work field and i why i appreciate it very much as well 
um, because there are the, those opportunities. If you want to research this, you can go and research that. If you want to start up a research of some random thing, like you can go and start researching that because there's a need for it. If uh, there, people are being um, affected and going through so many different types of afflictions, different types of, of, of complications in life in general, you know, and, and that's, that's something that as social workers, we can put ourselves in, right? And going back to our classes, it could be my, it could be in the micro, it could be in the meso, it could be in the macro. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Coming up with lobby days, we're about to experience that, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's still time to register. If you want to go to lobby days, please go to lobby days. Not <laughs> we're probably going to broadcast this before it happens, but we'll, we'll let you all know. Um, but it, it's it's that importance in keeping how social work itself can be so malleable and so mm-hmm. open to a lot of opportunities. Um, and you all are a great example of how you took advantage of that. And you know what I'm saying? And, and, yes. and how it's also kind of, um, uh, we talked about it with, uh, with, with Dr. Lee, where it was just like discovering your passion and and following that and following mm-hmm. that to its fullest extent and being like okay I like this I've seen this now and now I can keep going on it um so yeah we appreciate that thank you yeah just to add on to that so one of the things I've had the pleasure of seeing is that my students come back to me many years later um that got their MSW. And and what I would say, I guess, is that the path is never as anticipated. And of course, there's something great about intentionally planning out your career and thinking about what you want to do. But here's a shout out to all the online students or people who may not be in a big urban area is like, if you're in a more rural part of our state, the op- the leadership opportunities come fast and furious and way more than you expect. And so I have had MSW students who, you know, came back to me after three years and said, hey, Dr. Wolf, I'm at, I'm like the head of my department now and I have to collect data. And I kind of remember what we talked about in your class, but I need a little refresh. <laughs> so um, I guess that's that's the point is you never know where you're going to go. And particularly if you live in a place like that, like there's lots of places you can fly. Yeah, it, it definitely is a small world. And I, I've been teaching at San Jose State 28 years. So I've seen, so probably before both of you were maybe born. <laughs> and um, and now I'm seeing in classes, I, I had one um, person who was my student, she was my intern when I worked at Gardner Family Care Corporation. And her daughter went through the program and graduated last year. So I had two generations. But and then being a therapist, I also see um, I've seen a lot of students, kids, um, because, you know, hey, I I work for Kaiser. And so (laughs) a lot of uh, social workers have Kaiser. So it is a very interesting world. And the longer you're in it, how we're all interconnected. It's kind of actually pretty beautiful. You, you all see the world transforming in front of you and how you've also even like affected it or even like being a part of other people's worlds. That's if, if it doesn't get us transcultural perspective enough, like that's <laughs> that's how important like our our jobs are. And I feel like our, our influence in, in what we do, um, it's something definitely to to keep in mind. It kind of, for me, for me, I'm just like, oh, man, that's a it's a big job. <laughs> But it's it's what makes it very cool, at least for me, for sure. No, definitely. And then, like with Doctor Wolf, uh, with what you're saying too about like using those those that knowledge 
that we're getting right now from a BSW, MSW degree, it just kind of comes back full circle. Uh, again, like what we're saying of like, we could apply this and mm-hmm. like our jobs when we get careers and we go based off of that and it helps us to get educate and like inform our practice. Uh, Cause I could just give a prime example too. Like recently, like Poncho knows this as uh, he's seen me uh, working on it is I did a proposal for an internship mm-hmm. here and I did a, a focus control group, uh, standardized, open-ended, qualitative study which is a big word for interview <laughs> <laughs> for the proposal to like inform like you know this is what the the district uh, there was a a problem that like could solve this solution with by this happened and like the person that I was performing this study with uh was receiving their doctor's degree too so they had a background they helped me uh create the instrument or gave me an instrument to use so I could have this to like back up the information I had on the proposal so they could help out with the proposal to get hired onto that internship. Um, so it was just crazy. When I was doing this, I was like, this makes sense. And I was <laughs> like, this is what they were trying to tell us. And this is why, because you just never know with like policy uh, research and then the, the direct practice to how that transpires too. Yeah, definitely. I still have my PowerPoints. Know that I'm not going to delete my PowerPoints because they're valuable and for information. So I appreciate you all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, moving. let's move on to the next one. Uh, You all kind of already touched a little bit on it um, about how your social work experience got you to to here. Um, And if anything, where where did it all first begin right you all were talking about like right after graduation you went to certain places but even i feel like right now in the time frame that we're in right we're 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 knocking on the door of graduation but how did you all start planning or if you planned or did you know connections how did your networks go like mm-hmm. how did you all get into that space where you graduate and you were doing what you were doing um i can answer that first um for me, um, my career, I've really looked at what I want to be an expert in, and then I go for those positions. The wonderful thing about having an MSW, it's such a marketable degree, and you can work in all kinds of settings. And so, and I took advantage of that, you know, so I started out in nonprofit, and then I went to the hospitals, and then I did school-based, and then I, you know, I've done everything. I've done forensic social work. Um, I've, you know, um, currently I'm at, you know, been at Kaiser, but now I'm um, in a uh, program where we're sending Kaiser employees back to school to get their MSWs or their MFTs and or their doctorates. And um, and it just is like um, I feel like every day I'm very thankful I have my MSW. Um, I'm, I'm very biased and I try not to be because I do have friends that are MFTs. Um, but, um, I, I think, uh, the most important thing is for people just to decide, what do you want to do? And then look at those positions. So I wanted to work with teens. So I looked at all the agencies that serve teens and then interviewed and people should interview as much as possible, um, because it really is, um, a skill. And not everybody interviews well. So the more you in, even if it's a position you're not sure you're going to take, you know, interview and and practice. But there are jobs everywhere. Um, just in Kaiser alone. Oh, I don't know if I should say this on a podcast. <laughs> we got a lot of jobs. <laughs> I'll get the president give me a call. Did you say that on the podcast? Um, but everywhere by the year 2025, it's projected that there's going to be 10,000 open positions in the state of California. 
for master level therapists. So there's jobs and unfortunately it's going to get worse. Um, so having MSW going into the field right now is really exciting. And uh, everybody is listening to this, you're not gonna have a problem getting a job. Just work on your resume, work on your interview skills and decide where you wanna work. I, I think what I, so from my personal experience, um, I was looking more to be in the research policy world. So I found jobs along the way. And just to point out, I mean, we're talking about people graduating with a master's degree. So you're graduating with real skills and development and professional experience. Um, but still, like sometimes those first jobs after you graduate are not what you want them to be in a lot of different ways. And I guess when I look back on my career, I think of some jobs where I was really miserable and, but I know that each one of those took me to the next one somehow. And um, I guess what, what I would want to go back and tell myself right after I graduated is you're going to be okay. But also that like, even these processes along the way, like if you're looking to get hours towards your licensure, like it's giving you hours, like at the minimum, right? So, and there's something about it. And even if you're in a work environment that's not so great, the way you kind of can handle that and discuss that and show your professionalism as well as how you reframe and, and are proactive to, to make a more positive environment when you describe that in an interview for your next place, like that's helpful. So um, it's, it doesn't seem linear at the time, but historically it is, right? Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's all I can say about the two, like, this is this is gold. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is this is great takes. Like this is great. Yeah, thoughts and stuff like that. I I, I don't even know where to start with my thoughts. So, do you have something? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go off with like with Dr. Hayes first about like saying about um like interviewing. Like I believe or like this is my before Dr. Hayes has said the statement was like, okay, I'm gonna go for this interview. I hope I accomplish it, and I hope it's just one and done. But your perception of an interview, like go for as many as possible, you're going to learn from them. Interviewing is a skill. And I feel like that is true because like when I hear about interviews coming up, like now that we're going to the next level, like MSW or if you get a, a college degree, BSW, MSW, these questions are going to be not the typical, uh, you know, what's your strength? Like it's going to be like more like what's the therapeutic or what's your therapeutic therapeutic modality or what's the strength based or talking about like the more social work perspective or like scenario questions to really get you like to critically think so I think that's like really awesome uh like that are what I heard from that as well too then also like Dr. Hayes's like experience of like uh, it was like going in the different fields or, like I heard like forensic which is amazing and like that's um I feel like it's not really like out there out there like we've been thought about when we when we talk about it in classes and you know what i'm saying like we hear well we hear people that are in like title 4e and we talk about the county we talk mm -hmm. about our PPSC programs and so we talk about schools health. right and even like with our field like we mostly see um community-based organizations Correct. nonprofits, and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i i don't think i've ever seen anything in the field work where i'm like oh that's a forensic job that we yeah. can get into so even like that was that was a trip yeah i was like yeah. okay cool to know like the different fields and like how it ties in, like what you learn from them, what you get from them, the experience um, of going with those things. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, at least for me, something that I heard from both of you all and from you, Professor Wolf, is also kind of like, it's practice. 
everything is practice everything mm. will build up on each other and i i totally feel you on the feeling miserable in some jobs because <laughs> oh my goodness You're, i've been in some jobs and i i don't know if this is biased or if this is bad but sometimes yeah the nonprofit life is a hard life it's a hard yeah. life and and it's um something that we i think well i'm gonna, I'm gonna speak for me i'm gonna speak for me where i thought i had to go through it like I had, to, I thought I had to go through nonprofits. I thought I had to go like, this is where I'm going to get the experience. Like, this is all that stuff. But there's a lot of impact out in the community. There's a lot of need. How how Professor Hayes was saying, like, yeah, it is going to get worse. Oh, um, and it, and I feel like it's progressively been like that for a while, you know. And that's that's kind of sad to say, but um, kind of I it it, it gives me like good energy to kind of like now that I have the MSW and now that I've gotten into this point and now that I've gone through like the the mud of like nonprofits and all that other work now I'm just like okay now I'm coming in and I'm coming in with that experience now with this and I'm ready to give in more um because that's what it is it, it's all that practice all that miserable kind of like work and like that grunt work that happens a lot too and behind the scenes um it's prepared me for this and if anything it's pushed me to this or I, I've seen those like MSW peeps or those clinicians and I've seen all those people doing like back in the day when I was there, even harder work. And I'm like, I want to be that person. And it, and it, it's very, very inspirational for sure. Yes. Um, and, and even with the interviews, even with this, like all of it's practice, all of it will help you if you have that one client that out of nowhere gave you an experience from when you were in that first job out of undergrad and you're like I remember this and then boom you just lay it on them and now you have that connection it's 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 very impressive how that actually works out in this field of work I just wanted to add on to that Pancho because I was thinking about I think that is great advice to like think of the positive things you're getting from every job but I also think skill is learning when to quit <laughs> a job and to move on to something else um so for example, a shout out to my sister, who's an amazing social worker over in Vermont and had a job where she was working um, with a population that's that's known to be pretty tough. And um, it was, you know, really challenging work. And she did it for, you know, a year and a half, almost two years, and then felt like, oh, I can't leave. It's been too short. Well, that looked bad. And, but then realized that, you know, just because you're so, and, and a lot of it, it was that idea of like, well, I'm a social worker. I should be able to work with every population. I should be able to do this. I'm obligated to do this. I have all these social work values that stress, you know, that everyone has redemption, redemptive qualities, and that we need change, believing in change. And um, and so it took her a while to realize like, hey, there are other social workers who who can and do this work and, and I can do I need to do what I want to do and can do now for my life. So Shalette found another position and, you know, it's like, right, the skills that she built up with that one took her to the next one. But it, it was a challenge. But I think we also have to realize in social work that that self-care is important. We need to prevent burnout and that, um, you know, there are times there are some social work positions that are better for us than others. Now we are. Man, I just want to say to y'all, are you all able to read minds? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. this, this really touches on a lot about a lot about some things that we have uh, like thoughts or like perceptions about of like also too like earlier like Dr. Wolf was saying like the first jobs may not be ideal, and that's okay. But it's also the perception of like what you take away from it to like better yourself, taking to the next step, which is really great too. That 
that ties in both to what we're all saying and just like what you're saying too like it's okay to quit too um mm-hmm. and to call it enough or like when is when is best for you looking out for yourself or your experience and like how you're saying of like social workers like we have this uh i guess you could say like pride of like we have to like go through it but it's like no like what's best for you too and like your your career wise your health your mental health and like self-care and not burning out uh definitely is great to hear um it's great to hear yeah yeah we don't we don't wear the capes no you know what i'm saying we don't wear the capes we we and we shouldn't wear the capes you know we gotta we gotta um know our limits know our capacities um and and yeah i think that's a great one because yeah you're right not thinking back even to those times with before before coming into msw and making moves like i was making a lot of moves um from organization to another one and even my parents were like and i think this this is a point where i'm gonna say where everyone else starts maybe kind of noticing and then they're like there's an outside pressure of like okay now you need to get it together but i'm just like well that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to do and as i with my parents i was just kind of like well give me a sec like i'm trying this i'm trying that Mm -hmm. um and i was in my head i was building but with my parents they were kind of like well what are you doing Um, and i'm like well i'm getting there like i I need to understand that i need to find these avenues and that and that also is okay um as i think it's kind of like as long as i know i'm progressing and i'm making the moves necessary for me to keep that kind of like energy going because with the burnout and if we're in these like circles like these vicious circles of like trying to like really push it when it's pushing us back um then we're not going to produce the work that we're capable of, of doing you know what i'm saying like we 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 are capable social workers we are capable people um and we want to have that 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 a-list work that we know how to put in right genuinely as we are you know what i'm saying like we we learn the theories we know that stuff but then we put our little sprinkle of ourselves and that's what makes it that's what makes it good work mm-hmm. um but yeah that's all i gotta say about that one. Yeah, <laughs> great for y'all so thank you for that and i think that'll tie into like this next uh the position that you're all in but with this too i just want to throw it out there because we had already kind of uh, mentioned it or sprinkled it in it was like uh these these perceptions that we have of our guests or like what we're speaking about is just uh, perceptions that we're giving about ourselves as individuals. We're not a representation of the agencies we're tied to no. or anything like that or to San Jose State as like uh, we're just uh, speaking on our experience and we're hoping to gain information, share information yeah. in that perspective. So I want to say that as we're going into the next section of like uh, for you all. How how did you all become a professor? Like, how did that happen? Why did you become a professor? Um, if you could share that, if you feel comfortable. I um, one of my mentors was a professor at San Jose State. Um, he was uh, was Dr. Armin Sanchez, and um, he um, even after graduation, he met with me on a regular basis until he passed away. We would go out for lunch and he all through my career, he helped me. You know, there's a couple dicey things that happen. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, Dr. Sanchez, what do I do? <laughs> I don't want to lose my license. Um, and uh, I, I was kind of like, you know, I kind of want to teach. And so I told him, he goes, you want to teach? I'm like, yeah, I think I want to teach. And he goes, oh, okay, you can teach. And he pulled me in. And um, I didn't think I was, you know, I, I would love it as much as I did. Um, and um, and I just kept, um, and that, that's what led me to get my doctorate because um, I was like, you know what? You know, I, I'm a teacher. I think I'm okay, but I really think I want to get better. Um, and that's why I did my degree in education because 
um, I felt that that was the best route for me to become a better professor. Um, and I feel, you know, very fortunate with the program. Um, I went to USF um, and um, it was it was a good program. And, it's, and education is super close <laughs> to social work. And in fact, I was sitting in classes and I'm like, uh, this is social work. What are you guys talking about? It was about social justice and Paulo Frey was like a, you know, foundation of the program. And I was like, yeah, I had this all in social work. So, you know, classes are kind of easy. <laughs> Research, not so much, but everything else was pretty awesome. So I don't know if that answered the question or if I just rambled telling stories. <laughs> so for me, I um, I went to graduate school at the University of California, Berkeley, up north, and I was in a PhD program. And so one of the things that MSW students and other students don't know is if you have a professor with a PhD, they probably got one class on how to teach you, maybe in the course of their five to seven year PhD program. So I hope that that's surprising info, but maybe you're recalibrating things in your head. That, that Essentially, a PhD is training you to do research and to be like a primary investigator, to design your own research studies, to be the person who's generating new knowledge. And in social work, you know, we really believe that that knowledge has to contribute to social good, to changing the world, to doing things like that. So that's what's exciting, even though it's a PhD. So it's research focused. Like even if you're in a school social work program, social work, there's still always that applied focus. Like, how is this going to help? Um, which is great and really important. Um, Cause I've read some research studies about some things that, that, you know, you, you don't know how they're going to help, but social work tries to do it. So um, the teaching is, so when you get a PhD at a school, it's sort of like you can go to a school that focuses on research or you can go to a school that focuses on teaching. I would say San Jose State has been traditionally a school that focuses on teaching, but it's becoming more of a, more of a school where it's focusing on research. We, our department has like some of the most productive researchers in our college and some really, really productive researchers in terms of our university at large. So we we do do both, which I think is exciting for the students because they have opportunities to be part of our projects through their capstone project. And um, but my personal love was teaching and interacting. And this is what I tell my kids every night. And they ask me how my day was after I taught is like, I was with the best people in the world, like self-selected best people in the world all day. So of course it's a good day. I tell them about if you're in a class with a group of social work students and one person starts to cry, it's like the waterfall begins because everyone is just empathic and loving. And anyways, um, I find it to be a really uplifting experience and our students do amazing things. And I honestly learn from them more. <laughs> probably. I pretend that they learn from me, but I learn from them more. So I, I guess I would say that I see so many of my students who I think would be great contributors to academia and to our program. And we have so many opportunities to teach without a PhD at the master's level. Um, and I hope that some folks who are listening to this take me at upon that or think about it for themselves, even if they didn't before, because research is changing. The academy is changing. And like, I guarantee that you will 
that they're, um, if you don't fit a traditional student background, if you don't know anyone who's got a PhD before, like there are opportunities and programs and mentorships to help you that there weren't there 10, 20 years ago. Well, you know, the crying would happen because the, the questions would <laughs> that we would start off with were, were great. But in context for everyone that's listening, I thought it was a great school <laughs> and they're making their students cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, but no, for us, it was like at least because Eric, Eric and I were both in the same cohort or are in the same cohort. Mm -hmm. And when we would come into class, like it was yeah the environment of being in this social work setting and in the social work classroom you have the the awesomeness of having a check-in at the beginning how is everyone doing and everyone and and us being social workers and keeping it real well you know and, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it but it, it really did help connect us all it helped us kind of like yeah keep it real um if those emotions came out like this was the best place to do it um, and I, I know I appreciated those those moments very, very much um, personally. But um, I appreciate you all saying like the the journey of how getting into teaching itself was was going for, you know, and like how having a mentor, like having the actual genuine passion of like connecting with students, because um, I feel like teaching is is very particular. And I think this is why we asked this question. I, my sister's a teacher. Um, and she was that person that when she was a little girl, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a teacher. And she became oh, a teacher. Yeah. Uh, God, oh, my older sister, shout out to her. Um, <laughs> hopefully she listens. But, <laughs> but, um, but hearing her stories and hearing her way of like teaching and her actual passion of connecting with students, like creating that change, bringing these perspectives, you know, and she, she teaches middle school, which I believe is from my perspective, very difficult. Um, and she loves it and she's and I and I and not just because she's my sister she's a great teacher you know and so these these types of things are are very much kind of like uh I feel character based like very much like like values and like very much of like personal for someone that teaches so thank you all for sharing that and thank you for being teachers we, we were really appreciate it Some, something I um wanted to add as well is that um being a teacher there's I do have um other reasons to be a teacher as well. And it's actually a recruiting ground <laughs> for me wherever I have wor um, worked. And I've recruited many, many of my students. And in fact, um, Pancho is gonna be working at my old clinic. Um, so, and and you'll meet a lot of people who are working there were former San Jose State <laughs> School of Social Work people that I recruited. And the fantastic, exciting thing, and you know, and Jennifer kind of mentioned this, is that seeing people grow. I mean, there's people that I taught as students, I talked them into defecting and coming to Kaiser and then seeing the growth. And I'm like, oh my God, can you supervise me? Because you're pretty incredible. You know, it's it's awesome, you know. And and in social work, we're always learning. So so that's yeah, it's cool. <laughs> No, yeah, and thank you. Yeah, definitely. I, it it was definitely inspiration when we talked about that. And when I came to you and, and asked you, I think that was the determining factor because I had already been doing my research. And uh, if you remember, I came for office hours and I was like, hey, so how about, so I have questions about this real quick. And then after that meeting, I was like, oh, for sure, I'm shooting for this. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was great. So no, great, 
it you've done more, more impact and continue doing impact um any any comments no i think like with one thing to me of like when we're talking about like teachers teaching everything like that like I'll be honest, uh, as like a middle schooler, a high school, you think like teachers are uh, not from the same world or anything like that. You think they're different. And then like, no, you see them shopping at Target or doing the same things, everything like that. And then even like mm. going to this MSW, like BSW experience, like we know or we we could kind of find out like the backgrounds that we have of our professors and everything like that. So we get that's really grateful to have with that. Mm-hmm. And just to be mindful of like you, you all are social workers with like big caseloads whether depending mm-hmm. on like how many courses you're teaching two three and they consist of like 20 to 30 students per course yeah and then you times that by three or two how many courses you are teaching and then going with that impact that you're saying and trying to manage them and trying to go with that too of like uh doing your job being there before after uh office hours or the instruction period to check in with them and like providing that check-in is really special i was like what we're saying is like there is no other place like a room full of social workers uh, in the <laughs> classrooms. Those check-ins yeah. were amazing to check in as like, yeah, even so. though we are like MSWs or BSWs, that doesn't mean that like we're just like a student or just a textbook. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we have, we were going through what we're going through of like life being at, in this educational field and then also in the social work uh, field as well too, everything that comes along with it. So just providing us that space is really uh, great, uh, grateful for us of what we're mentioning of like having that check-in and being real about it, being honest, open, and just being with a bunch of great people that just like enhances us uh, to see different perspectives and like how we're seeing everything with this podcast too, with everything that's what everyone's sharing with their experience, their journey, their knowledge and everything, um, which goes with like, uh, I know we had already mentioned it, we already sprinkled it in little by little. But what advice would do you all ha- do you all have for students? Um, probably my my advice would be get licensed. <laughs> um, and I, I wish someone told me that, and not like, oh yeah, you're right, because I didn't want to diagnose people and all that other stuff, um, which now I do on a regular basis. Um, I think that uh, it improves uh, your. Um, ability to change jobs, um, pay, et cetera. And so I think that, um, you know, a license is, is really worth the time. I mean, it does take, you know, 3,000 hours and passing two tests, um, but I think that it's well worth it. Um, and like I said, I wish someone had told me that and I didn't wait five years. I would hop on to that to say, just especially if you're considering going into academia or teaching, and like I said earlier, that clinical practice experience is really key. In order to teach a practice class at an accredited school of social work, you have to have two years of practice experience after your MSW. So any person who's coming into the field with that is going to be really competitive and also be able to offer a lot to their students. So I guess I would say um, focus on that. And the other thing I would say is be open, right, is what we were talking about earlier, because you kind of never know what's going to hop into your lap or be next door and um, unexpected things happen. No, yeah, I appreciate it. That's that's really good advice, especially setting up for like those future plans um, for those future professors out there. Um, we're hopefully we're we're inspiring the future uh, <laughs> teachers out there that can come back and and help out the San Jose School of Social Work. Um, but we appreciate that advice and and coming into 
um, a close in this in this great topic discussion. This was a great conversation. Um, what advice would you all would have liked to have um, coming out of graduation from from like your MSWs, like in going into the field field? Because at least I, for me right now, <laughs> I was joking about it the other day where I was like, OK, my bachelor's was cool. Like I got my bachelor's. It was great. But now I'm getting a master's. I'm like, OK, now I can't I can't mess around. Like I, I'm going into a big, big like job and like going into the big, big world now. Um, so, yeah. What advice would you all would have want to know going into like kind of like this this new real world into it? Hmm. Um, I, I think one, one thing that I would suggest um, going into this big bad world um, is really, and, and Jennifer had, had mentioned this, is being open. Um, I, I think that you might have your master's, but you got a lot to learn. And not to discount any of your experience or any of the experience that people are, are listening, but there's a lot to learn. I'm still learning <laughs> and I've been around the block at least five times. So being open, um, working with your supervisor um, and being um, transparent. I think a lot of times people get a job, especially have masters and you think, oh man, I got to pretend like I know everything and you don't. Um, and it's hard to go to a, a supervisor and say, I don't know what I'm doing. But unless you start sharing those types of things, um, you're not going to learn. And, um, and, and, and developing a good relationship with your supervisor, that's really important. Um, sometimes in my career, I've had some supervisors that have not been the best <laughs> um, and uh, we're kind of out there. And, um, but there are, um, you know, like Jennifer shared, there's always something you can learn from them. Um, I had one who um, who was an MFT. Mariah had the same with MFTs, and um, he shared with me that uh, his wife channeled trees and channeled. I mean, he was into crystals, <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm first generation to go to you know college. I'm like crystals. What 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 are you talking about? Crystal meth? I mean, what? <laughs> and um, you know, and so you know, he told me about crystals, and I was having. He saw my aura, and I'm like. Oh, my inside, my inside voice. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> but I learned a lot from him, you know, despite the, the weird crystal. Anyone who likes crystals, I apologize. <laughs> but um, it really was not where I came from. Although I now have a crystal one, by the way. <laughs> See, unexpected things happen. <laughs> I would, I, I'm just going to get a little personal and specific for a sec and say what I really wish that someone had told me as a parent is to just keep going and just keep swimming. And I see a lot of my students are parents and they're caregivers and it's hard and it's hard. And there were years when I was really not bringing home more than my childcare. And my kids were like upset that I was gone and working and that I stuck with it and kept working and kept building my career is, is important for lots of different reasons. And so, no, I mean, you know, people can take time off or whatever, but just always keeping your toe in um, and focusing sort of on the long term things. And, you know, you, you can have it. <laughs> you can, you know, you're doing, you're doing the work out there, being a parent, being a caregiver and being a social worker. It's hard because you're doing social work when you come home, 
but um, keep it up, keep working on it. No, wow, thank you all for the knowledge, the insight, experience, everything too, just like uh, everything, like what, what we do here on the podcast is just really amazing. Like being able to share your stories is like sacred and it has value and like it's really great to like share that and just be vulnerable even with us and like on this podcast as like who as it's going to be shared out with everybody on spotify apple podcast please like and subscribe <laughs> uh-huh. but thank you all for that yeah and 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 we love the perspectives yes. we love the perspectives we love your thoughts um and uh you're right it's it's keeping that openness it's keeping that openness to to maybe we might not really know what we're doing in the moment but that's you take that as an experience take that as like a win not knowing sometimes like you can, you're gonna grow that's that's that, those are those opportunities um those are the exciting parts of the job because i feel like if you would come into the job already knowing everything like well then what's what's the fun in that you know like that there's there's i think this is what also makes this for me very exciting um where I don't know what my client might bring in, what I'm going to go through that day, what's going to happen. It might be an extremely chill day. It might be total chaos, but it keeps it spicy. It keeps it good. Um, and, and, and you're right. This is, this is always a learning experience. People, people are always growing and we're growing with them. Um, and yeah, no, social work is, is, uh, it's such a interesting perspective of the world because we really, that's what we do. We listen mm-hmm. to other people's worlds. We, we try to make sense of it sometimes when it doesn't make sense for them, you know what I'm saying? And then we come out of the session, like, did I make sense? <laughs> but even then, okay. but even then it's like, it's a work in progress. Cause then you're going to see them next week and we'll go from there. Um, but it's, it's been great to hear how you all have been doing mm-hmm. that for so many years and continue to do it with, with a smile, like with that energy, with that um, kind of like same uh, passion to know that you're creating that change. Um, how, what's what, there's a, what is it? A lot of my, my, in, uh, from my internship say, we're always planting seeds. And we're always watching them grow. Um, so thank you all. Thank you all very much for sure. No, definitely. Then with that, like planting seeds and watching it grow, it goes back to like the first podcast episode where we're mentioning like the the bud, the thorn, and the rose. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's like the bud of like us growing and the thorn. Like everything has its importance or lessons from it, and it has to happen. And like the bud is like it's growing. The thorns are there to protect the flower itself, and also it could hurt, you know, to touch it if you grab it onto it like too quickly or uh, if you, un- unknowingly. And it all goes with like the unknown of what I'm hearing, or like is this the right thing? Is this mm-hmm. not? And just the discomfort that we go through ourselves, and it's okay to not know or like what's going on as long as we learn from it. And that's like the beauty of it, and that's like where the rose comes out of it, and that's the beauty of it of like this whole experience of it and uh, i'm more of a metaphor type person and like it makes a click on my head and like your visuals so that's why like that's when we're all talking that's what popped in my head right now going for full circle from episode one all the way to this one (laughs) (laughs) um any last comments any 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 other things that you we all would like to share for this section um i just think um you know, I'm, I'd like to wish everybody good luck. Um, but, you know, you're entering a field that I love dearly and you will never, ever, ever be bored. <laughs> um, and so um, just jump in there and take take chances and do different things and just, you know, love what you do. If you don't, then it's time to move to a different position, but love what you do. 
Yeah, congrats to all the graduates. You started in a pandemic. You started your program in the midst of a world pandemic and you were resilient and continued and got a master's degree, which is so impressive and rare in this world. So super exciting to see all these social workers out there doing good for the world. And on that note, thank you very much. Um, we appreciate this time. Um, we're going to move on to our next section real quick. Um, so thank you again for this time. Thank you for all your stories. Thank you for all the the the, the, the beauty of it. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on from here. This would typically be the SJSU seasonal information section. That's if you're right. You're listening on to the social work podcast, and you're a dear follower. Uh, but f- for this, though, for this episode, um, we meant to record a segment, but then it turned into a full episode. Yes, we did. We we came in with the intention of having a section, right? We do our seasonal info. We have our guests this time again. Shout out to um, Dr. Lee. He came in and gave us. A, a wonderful, wonderful cut, and it was a, such a good cut that we didn't want to cut it more. So, <laughs> that being said, um, we are going to make a separate episode besides this one to have our seasonal info. And we wanted to celebrate since this is the end of the academic year, pretty close nearby. Yeah, uh, we wanted to give a special edition, extra edition, once in a lifetime type thing. And here it special is. Special edition. <laughs> and here it is. So hopefully you'll find it beneficial. There was a lot of great content in there. And that's why we didn't want to uh, loop this in. It would be too long of an episode. And just like everything that we talked about on this episode with like Dr. Wolf and, and then Dr. Hayes too. All the great information. We really want to give it to everybody with this content. And we really hope you enjoy it. And please move on to the next episode when you are ready for it uh, to listen to that other episode. So yeah. We would have had this one, the seasonal info here, but please, it'll be um, as like in part two um, for episode four. You can find the link also, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the the great listening platforms. Uh, but yeah, I, we, we, we highly encourage you going over there and listen to the conversation that we had with Dr. Lee. So thank you very much. We're going to keep moving on um, to the, t- uh, the self-care section of this podcast. Thank you. Great. Here we go on to the next section of uh, the self-care practice. What do we all do to make sure that we have our cups full as we have, we're in this profession where we fill up uh, the cups of others. So how do we make sure our cups are full? And we want to ask our guests like, uh, you know, what's been working for you and what do you all do for self-care practice uh, for yourself? For me, self-care um, actually is, it should be every part of your life um, while you're on the job, um, while you're at home, et cetera. And um, I, I have a whole routine of self-care that I do when I see patients, um, you know, taking breaks, you know, being able to, you know, after a session, I go, I usually walk around the building and I wash my hands. Um, not that I'm into energy and stuff, but, you know, it, it gives me some, you know, kind of break. And then I'm able to go back into the session and focus on that new patient especially if it's a day that I'm doing back-to-back and, you know, some in our field, some days that's what we have. It's back-to-back patients, back-to-back groups. Um, And then I have a self-care, you know, now I'm working from home. So I had to switch it up a little bit, but when I was going into the office, I had a whole practice of one hour 
was driving home. And so driving home, you know, I kind of like meditated. I like, you know, if, if it was a hard day, I screamed in the car. <laughs> and then I, I thought about everything I need to think about. It. And then once I stepped out of my car, I would not allow myself to think about anything else. Did not think about my clients, did not think about the job. And sometimes, and I got so good at, yeah, I mean, you have to practice. At first, this was really hard. <laughs> um, but by you know, but now, you know, oftentimes I'll go on Mondays and I'm like, what did I do last week? Who did I see? Because I really disconnected and you have to learn to disconnect. You can't take your clients home with you. You can't lay in bed at two in the morning thinking, oh my God, I hope I haven't didn't say anything that caused them to kill themselves, you know, because we have these fantasy thoughts <laughs> that we would, you know, do damage to our clients. Um, that's important. The other thing that's important is to take time off regular scheduled use all your pto i believe in taking breaks um at least um every three to six months um taking a big um at least three weeks off um during the summer um and my husband is a um, works in a school setting so we have to do our big breaks uh, during the summer and you know my philosophy is the first week that you're on vacation you're still wrapped up it's sometimes a little tight. Second week is you start to relax. And the third week is really when you seriously relax. And so I think trying to plan and most um, positions give you at least that much PTO. So uh, that's always a really good question to ask on your on the jobs. You know, what are the benefits? What's a PTO <laughs> um, to find out? But using that and really practicing, you know, I think you know, we, everybody always talks about exercise and yeah, I force myself to do it, um, but that's not really not self-care for me. It's just helping, you know, so I, I'm able to move when I'm really, you know, I don't have to use a cane when I'm old. <laughs> um, but I think the, the other thing is just learning to control your thoughts, learning to control, um, you know, yourself and in, in, in your um, daily walk and learning the magical word no. So that's, that's self-care for me. <laughs> are all great i mean mine's exercise <laughs> which it is i go for a run every day i do love to run but i, I realize that's not for everyone every day i think oh, i don't want to go for a run every day i think i don't want to go for a run and then i do it every day so it's also like a um exercise in watching yourself meet a challenge or do something you don't want to do and succeed and um keeping up consistency i guess i would just quick as like humor is my number one um, coping mechanism and thing. So I love like listening to comedians on like my radio on my way home from work, listen, you know, watching funny shows, um, just, just laughing as much as possible, like cuddle therapy with the kids. Those are important mindful time with the kids. Um, so, and even, yeah, that's, um, taking time just to, when you're in a car with another person, like that's the best time to talk to someone, I guess, and connect with them. So those are all things I would add on in addition um, to what was said before. And, you know, baseball can be a good um, self-care mechanism in some years, some years, others, but not others. So yeah, go Giants, beat LA. Well, well then, every okay. Well, <laughs> on that last comment, okay. Well, I don't know how we should beat LA. I don't know because since we just recently had a series where we beat the Giants, I don't know if we want to go for that one. But, um, 
I love the comment though. And 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 uh LA, LA every day, all day, go Dodgers. Um, but I do I do appreciate the the, the input and the self-care. Um baseball is a great one, but I do agree on like not every year because yeah, no, last year wasn't even good for us either. So um, but I agree. Um thank you all for sharing those are all great suggestions um i resonated with the with the car music <laughs> that one's been a big one for me now lately where i'm like walking towards my car and i feel like the heaviness of the day and then i get into my car and then i just blast music as soon as i'm out of school <laughs> and it's like the best thing ever it's for like 10 minutes but it's great um yeah it's it's that one's a good one um but for me lately i think i've i've been wanting to go outside now the rain's finally gone down which is great um and i and i'm a rain person and i would never imagine saying like i'm over the rain um so it's nice being outside and it's nice like walking around and like even if i walk around my block a couple of times like i've been doing that and just kind of like taking in the scenery it's really nice it's really really nice um but yeah what about you eric what's up no definitely resonate with everything too like using that commute or finding those times for us i think that's important too finding that time for us as we're valuable like using that commute as a source like to blast the music put on a podcast whatever you may want to listen to to kind of find enjoyment and amusement from it um so definitely could resonate that going from like get ready to sj uh almost Monday through Friday then I use that time to like okay like this is gonna be my me time to like reflect mm -hmm. like on the way home as the commute to like reflect or to like think about something or to play the music or use that disconnect and I really appreciate like uh, the perceptions of like if I once I get out this car like all right it stays there so I think that's really powerful what we're saying too and like running is hard that's <laughs> that's a challenge let me tell you <laughs> it but I just let everyone know that Poncho and I we ran the LA marathon and like that was a great source like because I didn't like running and I was like you know what to prove myself like I'm gonna go out for that run and go for it and I definitely mm -hmm. like relate like if you could do like a physical challenge of like lifting weight or running or something like that that's a, that's a challenge for you wherever that may be that's like we'll relate to everything else like perform that strength or that resiliency or that determination to your other tasks too so I definitely like like that aspect and one thing that I've been doing differently or I've been missing out for a while so it's still like a routine with me kind of trying to build up that habit of using that you know that on our iPhones that DND do not disturb because mm. uh, everything that we get from like the emails uh, if people have social media uh, texting, phone calls, everything that comes that happens. Um, and I know I've been having that on for a while and I'll put it on for like a set timer of like, it will be on from this time to that time. And that'll be like my me time or do my thing uh, without distractions. And if I look at my phone, that's on me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, uh, what I've been doing lately. And then that's why I got for the self-care. Yeah. So hopefully with our listeners, there's some more self-care out there. There's some more ways of 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 keeping sanity you know what i'm saying yeah. sometimes we feel like if we do this i've been hearing that lately as well too like the definition oh. of insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result and sometimes we we think like i'm just going to i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and this is what's going to make me feel better no some, we got to change it up and this is why we we want to know what helps others what helps us what what can help you potentially okay. um and it could be at any time of the day right on yeah. the drive home when we're just sitting um at our house or even just taking a little walk self care is important everyone um it's good for us um but yeah that's our segment thank you we're going to keep moving on and thank you for listening up to this point
here we go for concluding this episode of <laughs> the social work experience and what a journey it has been right poncho about this is going to be the last official episode that we have for all the segments and any of this portion before we start handing it off to the new uh podcast chair swixa and the host or the committee that will be taking over for this this is this is it everyone um first of all thank you for listening to this episode thank you for listening to all the other episodes um and yeah just like eric said we're we're gonna be transitioning on the on i guess the last podcast that you'll hear us in it but this is our last official social work experience podcast where we will bring you um, the experiences of the social work field, the experiences of other students, professors, um, other colleagues um, that, that, that we have. And, and honestly, we, we, we would love to do more. We would, would love to broad more conversations, done other segments, but um, all good things come to their, to their fruition, to their end, and, and it's been a blast. It's been a really great thing. We started off with the conversation of a journey um, and up to this point, like I, I'm very thankful and grateful for this journey. I'm grateful for um, Eric for bringing up the idea and having the conversation with me, and then like us joking out, out around it and being like, "Oh, let's see what we can do." And then here we are having this last conversation here, um, and it's been great. Uh, it's been fantastic listening to everyone else's opinions, uh, thoughts, all that whatnot. It's it's been great. It's I, I'm super super thankful that that we got this opportunity, um, that Dr. Lee, like even gave us the the, the go ahead to do this, um, but yeah. Yeah, it definitely has been a journey. I was like, just want to say, like, mention to everybody, like, it has been great to work with. Like, uh, we just had the professors come on board and just want to throw it out to them, just like, uh, you know, the professors around here at SJSU are just amazing at what they do, what the times that they put in, just like saying they have their own caseloads of courses mm-hmm. of students, everything, yeah. of their unique approaches to things to make sure things comprehend or click, and they do it so well, so finely. Uh, so really appreciate them all as like uh it's a thankless profession and for those who do not say thank you or cannot say thank you i just want to take that time to say thank you to the professors out there thank you Um, all shout out to the professors appreciate it um and then also to listeners who are here uh who are interested in the field or in the field or like around us in this community here at social work um it's been a great time like coming around campus and people saying we listen to it or they're going too soon or we might pressure them to listen to it. I don't know. <laughs> and that moment, just be like, oh, you haven't listened to it? Oh, here, let me put it on your phone. No, I'm just kidding. We never. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, I do appreciate everyone that has listened and, and hopefully people that uh, are deciding. You know, I feel like we also had that in mind when we were doing the podcast. Like, if you're listening and thinking about being in social work, like, I hope we, um, with the podcast, uh, helped you think about it even more or help you decide or inspire it in some type of way you know um that's what we wanted to do that was our intention to pretty much open up the doors or open up the windows to how this field is and and the great things that you that people can do in them um it's 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 interesting to see if what what will what will this podcast leave behind you know no, it'll be super exciting and just like thank you all like we wanted to create a podcast format so it could be digestible and you could listen to it on the go as like uh, for myself like it came from like the idea of like well what were what information would have been beneficial like in the undergrad program yep. or during the grad program all these great conversations of like with classmates with other interns or with uh, 
someone from a different focus. It just really benefited and just knowledge like someone for, like for me. Uh, so that's why like this how it kind of happened through through uh, it, it developed from that and we just worked with the school of social work for the collaboration just thank you for all that thank you to all the support friends cohort and uh, the msw program second yes, year yes. final year third year everybody for the all ones the that are coming into the field too just like super good luck to y'all just thank you all too really appreciate this yes all the mentors the fis the people who give us their time professors on the side or anyone that we really looked up to and just like we asked those questions and received that support, our support systems themselves who are going through the experience with Shout us. Shout out to them for sure. Definitely, and uh, just super thank you to everybody. I know we could go on and on about this, but I really appreciate it. It's been an honor, it's been a great ride, and I just uh, I hope this really benefited someone out there or this could be used or to give to someone out there too uh, with whatever information or how it could be given to them and will help them out. Ditto, 100% ditto with what just what, what Eric just mentioned, it, we're so thankful for everything that we've been through in this, prog in this program. Yeah, people coming into the field, good luck. Y'all are gonna enter into a world that is full of compassion, that's full of challenges, that's full of learning experiences that are filled with so, so much that, um, that personally I know built on our personal reasons built on our character, builds on our values, makes them stronger, makes us test them, and honestly, it 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 it's it's such a it's such a growing field and such a growing thing for me that um, I'm so glad that uh, everything that I've done to has led to this moment, like we were talking about in the podcast. Um, so yeah, good luck to you all. This is going to be a great experience. I, I wish the best to you all. Thank you all for listening one more time and. Continue on doing social work things with your social work friends. That's right. We are out of here. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs>